You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Eagle's Splendor, originally written for the Confuzzled Convention by Ryan Campbell, author of the award-winning Firebearer series and Koa of the Drowned Kingdom. You can find both on Amazon, and you can follow him on Twitter at ThePendrake. Please enjoy Eagle's Splendor by Ryan Campbell. Caleb's little plastic griffin stood just where he'd been at the end of the game's last session, surrounded by giant spiders. Caleb wasn't worried. Greywing was strong, experienced in battle. Nothing frightened him. Hey, cat. Juniper stood at the end of the table, unfolding her GM screen. Hi, June, Caleb said to the caribou. Antlers coming in, huh? Every year, my dude. Itches like hell, too, so I'm probably going to kill the lot of you out of sheer irritation. You... you ready for this tonight? The thing you wanted to do? She placed a little figurine of a bipedal dragon playing a lute on the game mat. Caleb flattened his ears. He was trying so hard not to think about it. His stomach felt about ready to go fleeing down the street, whether he was with it or not. I'm not, he said. But Greywing is. Just give him a good moment, okay? Hey, I'm the GM. I'm not a goddess. Well, I am, but not here. You gotta make the rolls, my dude. Caleb rubbed at his cheek ruffs, a bad habit when he was anxious, and sat at the table, threading his tail through the back of the chair. Yeah, but you'll give me a moment where he can cast Eagle's Splendor, and then he can... can... Yeah, I get it. Profess your undying love. No! Caleb covered his face with his paws, as though he could hide the heat radiating from it. I just want to ask him out. I got Firebird tickets right here. Whoa! What'd you do, rob a liquor store? Juniper placed the hyena-like figure of a knoll on the battle mat near the spiders. You know, some people can actually save money, Juniper, and not spend it all on fantasy costumes. Juniper looked down at her forest ranger outfit. It adds class to our games, and you know it. What up, nerds? Lauren elbowed her way into the room and thunked a liter of carbonated coffee down on the table. You ready to stomp some spiders? Caleb hunched down a little in his seat. Lauren was awfully intimidating for a coyote, and it didn't help that she played a knoll with pretty much the same personality. I guess so, just as soon as Cass gets here. He brought me. He's parking. Heyo! Cassidy stumbled into the room with gaming books and lunch containers that smelled of lemon chicken and twice-cooked fish under one arm. Caleb tried to stop the stupid, adoring smile from creeping across his face, but he couldn't help it. Something about the coati pushed all the right buttons. He was big, soft, happy, and he was the one who'd gotten Caleb into gaming in the first place, despite also loving football and beer and being kind of a bro. He was just a friendly guy who liked people and enjoyed doing the things they loved. The kind of person who should be easy to ask out. He plunked down in the chair beside Lauren and opened steaming containers of food, nearly knocking over the little figurine of Sir Milford the dragon. "'How's it going, folks? We ready to do this thing?' Caleb glanced up at him, felt the heat return to his face, and focused instead on his character." They had spiders to kill. The sticky yellow and black spiders skittered around Greywing on long, spindly legs, salivating. The griffin tried to recall if he'd heard of these spiders in any of the local stories, but what did it matter? One giant spider squashed as easily as another. He swung his mace and splattered arachnid ichor across the rocks. Its companions seemed unfazed, and one tackled his boot, biting hard, but its fangs couldn't pierce the toughened leather. Chumpstabber, the knoll, pulled a round glass flask from her pack, uncorked it and grinned. Choke on this, you dumb bugs, she said, before hurling the flask directly at the swarm of spiders. Cool liquid soaked the ground and the chittering enemy, as well as Greywing's boots. He'd seen those flasks before. Oil, 
which meant he knew what was coming next. Sir Milford had apparently decided the two of them needed some encouragement, and had unslung his lute. He gave it a few strums with his claws, and sang, "'Don't worry, guys, you're the best. You can defeat the entire... rest!' At the end of the song, he beamed and gave them both a scaled thumbs up. "'Wow, that one's going to be at the top of the charts, huh?' sneered Chumpstabber. Despite her dismissive tone, Greywing could tell that she felt encouraged, her back straightening and shoulders going back. It meant a lot to have this minstrel believe in them, and they knew the songs at the local tavern tonight would be about their deeds and full of praise, if not exactly well-worded. With Sir Milford at their side, he felt sure they could face any threat, defeat any foe. He cocked one leg back and with a fierce kick punted the spider at his boot as hard as he could. The itsy-bitsy spider launched up into the sky, he shouted, as the thing sailed away like a football, legs flailing. He turned and dashed out of the oil-soaked grass, but as he ran, one of the nearby spiders lunged at him, its fangs penetrating his leonine fur and sending a cold numbness through his flesh. Crap! I don't know why I always have to be the one lighting fires when we have an actual dragon with us, Chumstabber grumbled. Sir Milford gave a whimsical strum in answer. With a deft flick to her tinderbox, the knoll lit a small wad of paper and flicked it toward the grass. There was a loud whoomp, like someone billowing out a bedsheet, and then the air was filmed with flames and the hissing and wet pops of giant spiders sizzling in the fire. Huh, that was easy. Yeah, it was. Greywing wiped his mace off in the grass. Because we're badasses. You did amazing, guys. Sir Milford's talons danced a magical pattern over his lute strings. Greywing got lost for a moment, staring at him. In a world as hostile as this one, it felt so good to have someone like him on your side. Someone always positive, strong but with soft edges. Hey, without you helping us? He trailed off. It was a perfect moment. He muttered the incantation for eagle's splendor and felt divine grace fill him. He didn't need it, he knew. He was confident enough, charming enough. But why chance it? Spiders could only wrap you in butt thread, liquefy your organs and drink you for lunch. But love? That was dangerous. But he knew how to handle fear. You acknowledged it, but you didn't let it control you. You moved past it. He strode over to Sir Milford, giving him a smile as wide as the world. See there, Milfy, what do you say you and I... He faltered. Something was wrong. You and I... It felt like his brain was drowning in hot maple syrup. Uh, we killed spiders, and they was a bad. Sir Milford tilted his head. Huh? Oh, no. Oh, no, bro, you didn't get bit, did you? Bit? Greywing looked down at his leg. Me got spider holes in leg. Oh, man, these spiders, they do intelligence damage. I should have thought of it sooner. Greywing gaped at him, drool sliding down his beak. I'm a stupid? <laughs> Jumpstabber fell over laughing. Nice going, dum-dum. Sir Milford fixed Greywing with a concerned reptilian stare. It should wear off by the end of the day. We'll look after you until then, bud. Don't worry about it. So, uh, what was it you were trying to tell me? The venom finally wore off about four hours later. Greywing hadn't needed much mental power to swing his mace around, but the conversation hadn't exactly been stimulating. The spiders had been carrying about twenty gold, which, hold on, Caleb interjected. What are spiders doing carrying all this gold around? Juniper shrugged. What are they going to spend it on? They're spiders. Yeah, come on, dum-dum, keep up. Lauren tossed a popcorn kernel at him. Which was more than enough to cover their stay. 
Greywing sat at a tavern table, sipping his ale and watching Sir Milford serenade the tavern with songs of their epic battle. Now, he thought, his mind was finally clear, the numbing effects of the venom having finally worn off. It wasn't as perfect a moment as after the battle, but at least they weren't likely to be attacked. Plus, the list of good times to ask someone else out had to include right after their song about how great you were. He waited until the song had ended, quaffed the rest of his ale in a few manly gulps, and stood up from the table. He turned away and muttered the spell for eagle splendor again. The tavern seemed to brighten, as though all his feathers were radiating divine light. He turned toward the dragon, leaving his fear and worry behind him. Sir Milf, he began, and he blinked. Sir Milford was sashaying across the tavern, singing directly to a slim little kobold sitting at the bar. No, not singing, flirting. Hey there, buddy, you're looking kind of fine. Do you come here often? Because, hey, it's my first time. I know this place has bedrooms, but I really don't know where's. Would you do a drag a favor and help him find the stairs? Greywing rubbed his temples. He should have seen it coming. Sir Milford did this at every tavern, and he was good at it. Apparently no one could say no to a pudgy, grinning dragon with a voice like an angel and lyrics written by that angel's four-year-old nephew. The little kobold was already scampering excitedly up the stairs toward the tavern's guest rooms, with a grinning dragon lumbering up behind him. Greywing pushed himself to his feet. The timing was awful, and the moment was weird, but if he didn't do it now, he wouldn't get another chance until the next morning. "'Sir Milford, before you go!' The dragon turned around, a huge grin plastered on his face. In fact, plastered was exactly the right word. Sir Milford was very, very drunk. Greywing only now noticed the impressive array of tankards that had accumulated around the tavern hearth. The advantage of being a bard, your drinks were on the house. "'Hey there, bird brain. Uh, what's up? You want, uh, you want in on this? We got room for three upstairs.' He lurched, stumbling down a few steps and nearly falling. "'This has got to be a great time.' "'No. I mean, no thank you.' Greywing felt his shoulders go slack. "'You couldn't ask a guy out when he was wasted. Sure, you might get a yes, but it'd be the ale saying yes, not the guy. We'll talk tomorrow, okay?' "'For sure, bro.' The dragon gave him a thumbs up, then belched loudly, then giggled. For sure! He followed the kobold upstairs. That night, Greywing lay in his own room with the pillow clamped over his head, trying to muffle the loud sounds of enthusiastic reptiles two doors down. Tomorrow, he told himself. Tomorrow I'll ask him, no matter what. Hey, drunky, give me a fortitude save. Juniper called up over her game screen. Cassidy gave the caribou a rueful grin and sent a D-20 bouncing across the table. It rolled, skidded, and finally came to rest, a number one staring toward the ceiling like the slitted eye of Sauron. Oh, ho, 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 Juniper giggled. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Sir Milford groaned and shielded his eyes from the sunlight. Oh, God, oh, God, my head and my stomach. He lurched from side to side on the trail through the grass. Serves you right, Greywing snapped, drinking so much the night before a hunt. They'd been sent on the trail of some monster that had been devouring livestock every night and, if the villagers were right, was even responsible for a couple of missing children. No one had seen the monster, but they'd found its tracks. Enormous, three-toed reptilian. Some said dragon, but the tracks were bipedal and elongated. Whatever it was, it was huge and terribly dangerous. Sir Milford gave Greywing a watery stare. What's wrong with you? I'm the one suffering here. I just wish you'd take things a little more seriously sometimes, that's all. Greywing stumped ahead. <laughs> He's jealous. 
Chumstabber snickered. He wanted to get in on that bow, chicka bow bow, and then she apparently invented the cabbage patch dance move. Oh, not so loud! Sir Milford put both hands over his ears. Anyway, I did ask if he wanted to. I'm not jealous, Greywing shouted. It's just, it's just that we're a team. We're supposed to be working together. Can you even fight like this? Chumstabber wagged her tail. I fight better with a hangover. Makes me mean. Greywing's train of thought briefly jumped its tracks as he tried to imagine what a mean version of Chumpstabber would be. "'Don't worry, little buddy,' Sir Milford said. "'I will sustain you through my gift of song, no matter what the, uh, the, the, the bad stuff happening.' Greywing rolled his eyes. They were following a dirt path the villagers had pointed out to them the night before. The rains had turned the path to mud, but Greywing could still make out the remnants of massive three-toed footprints, each so large he could lie down in one and stretch his arms into the ruts created by the toes. The path led them out of the fields and into the shade of a wooded area. Sir Milford looked glad to be out of the bright sunlight. Greywing stared up into the trees. High up, the branches were twisted and broken. Something massive had come this way. "'Does anyone have any idea what this thing is?' he asked. The bard frowned. If anyone had a clue, it would be the guy who collected stories. I'm not 100% sure, but from the tracks, I think it might be a mollusk. And what the heck is that? Chumpstabber wanted to know. Sounds dumb. Cassidy looked up from his game book. It's a dinosaur thing, sort of. Like a T-Rex, but smaller and wimpier. Juniper cleared her throat. But uh, highly dangerous and worthy of respect, your bard acknowledged tells you. Also, said Cassidy, my bardic knowledge wants you to know about the danger thing. Oh, okay. Dope. Lauren clenched a fist. Let's kill it. Uh, hey, my dudes, give me a perception check, Juniper said. Three dice hit the table. Six. Eleven. Four. Never mind, Juniper shrugged. You don't see it. The shadows in the forest seemed to darken and deepen. It was quiet, Greywing noticed. No birds were singing. No insects buzzed in the air. This was a bad place. So what should we do to fight it? He asked. Any weak spots? Anything we should try and avoid? The wind under the trees was hot, stale and strangely humid. It carried the stench of decaying meat and fetid flesh. And a moment too late, he realized that wasn't wind. It was breath. A low growl came from behind him. Guys? He called to the two ahead of him, but he barely got the word out before two rows of sharp, hot teeth sank into his shoulder and pulled him off the ground. He tried to grab his sword, but his arm flopped uselessly at his side. "'Oh, crap!' Sir Milford shouted. He clumsily unslung his lute from his shoulder and gave it a strum, but winced, his ear fins flattening against his skull at the sound of off-key notes piercing his hangover-stressed eardrums. "'Ugh! So loud! So loud!' Greywing swung back and forth from the thing's jaws, the ground rocking below him, pain piercing his arm and shoulder, blood and saliva running through his feathers. Then he was falling. There wasn't time to twist and land on his feet. He hit the ground with a thump that knocked the wind from him. The beast standing over him was enormous, so huge that each of them only reached to his knees. It stood on two legs but crouched so low that the scythe-like talons of its forepaws nearly dragged along the ground. It had a pebbled, scaly hide, layered with bony armor, through which many horns and spikes had sprouted haphazardly. It roared in pain, a terrible, grinding, raspy bellow that made Sir Milford drop to his knees, clutching at his ear fins. Just behind the monstrous creature, Chumpstabber appeared, as though she'd been there the whole time, her blades dripping with the thing's dark red blood. Lucky you guys have me, huh? 
Greywing rolled out of the mollusk's path and quickly gulped a potion, clamping his beak tight at the feeling of muscle and flesh knitting itself back together beneath his armor. "'You said it was a tiny little wuss dinosaur!' he shouted at Milford. "'This? This is what you call tiny?' "'I'm sorry, it looked smaller in my imagination.' Sir Milford worked at his lute with a tuning key. His talons plucked at the strings and produced a chord that was only slightly dissonant. "'Our party does not fear,' he sung, "'for Chumpstabber stabbed the molasque in the rear. "'This monster might as well take flight, "'for he came here prepared to fight.' His lute must have been a bit out of tune, because Greywing didn't feel the usual surge of confidence and capability that usually accompanied Sir Milford's lyrics. He rubbed at his barely-heeled shoulder, assessing his opponent. It appeared to have no weak spots, but Chumpstabber had sliced it across the back of the knee with her short sword, and it was already limping. It lurched to one side, and for a moment Greywing thought it was about to fall, but no, it was only turning, and sweeping its massive spiked tail toward him, the ponderous weight of it crushing the underbrush, snapping small trees away. He barely had time to spring away. The wind of it ruffled his feathers, the jagged, horny spikes furrowing through his feathers and just missing his flesh. This was bad, very bad. A single bite could end any of them. He took a deep breath and let his fear go. So, the backs of its knees were vulnerable. Its hide looked less armoured there, as well as inside its thighs and beneath its arms. He might be able to get his sword in there. He danced closer, dodging first a deadly swipe with one of its arms, and then ducking below a sudden lunge of its dripping, tusked jaws. This close, he could see that its teeth grew jagged and irregular, thrust haphazardly through gums and even its lips. Its breath stank of blood and decay. Holding his sword overhead, he slashed across the only tender-looking place he could reach from here, its inner thigh, leaping to reach. It was a good hit, a solid hit, and the thing's hot red blood spilled across his armor. It roared again in pain and fury, its voice like a giant fork being dragged across a massive slab of slate. Sir Milford went cross-eyed mid-strum, and the string on his lute snapped. Chumpstabber leapt onto the molasque's tail and scrambled up its back, using its many spikes for purchase. She ran all the way up to its head, dodging tree branches as the monster lunged about, trying to catch her, and she sunk her sword into its eye. My mom always told me if I ran with this, I'd put an eye out. Thanks, mom! The molasque bellowed in agony one final time, lurching from side to side, clawing uselessly at its face with curved sickle talons, trying to pry free the sword. Ha! We got you! Greywing crowed up at it. It would lean down soon, trying to scrape the sword in its eye free, and when it did, his own sword would be at the ready. Its throat was unarmored, the flesh soft and loose, but out of reach. He hopped nimbly over another sweep of its tail, sidestepped a swipe from its claw. We got you, you stupid, monstrous piece of— It stepped on him. The last thing he heard was the sound of every single one of his bones breaking at the same time. Caleb stared at the table, at his character sheet. The monster had rolled a natural twenty. Critical hit— double damage on a blow that would have taken him to zero even without the critical. "'No!' he shouted uselessly at the dice. "'No!' Juniper peeked between her fingers. "'Oh, my gosh, Caleb, I am so sorry. "'There has to be something we can do. A potion!' "'I wish there was, man, but wow, Greywing is super dead. "'I don't even think you can rest from that. "'There might be a way. "'Ha! Huh? You're a footprint. "'It's not funny, Chumpstabber. Lauren!' Caleb clenched his dice in his paws. Okay, Juniper cut in. I think we need a break. Let's all take ten and we'll figure out what comes next. What came next was a lot of feverish checking of the rules, followed by a few moments of quiet dismay, and then a burial ceremony in Juniper's backyard. 
They dug a little hole next to her persimmon tree, and, with great solemnity and an impromptu song from Sir Milford via Cassidy, one that dared to rhyme Greywing with Maysting along with other lyrical debacles, they laid Greywing's character sheet to its final rest. Caleb stared into the hole as Lauren filled it in with a few shovels of earth. It wasn't as though anyone real had died, but Caleb felt a heavy dismay pressing down on him like a wet bedspread. Greywing had been his courage, his bravado, a voice he could speak through. Being the griffin had felt more real somehow. It was stupid to cry over a dumb character you played in a game, so Caleb didn't, but once or twice he felt like it. Cassidy's meaty hand fell on his shoulder, nearly making him stumble. Always sucks to lose a character, but hey, now you get to roll up a new one. That's exciting, right? I think you're amazing. Bad poetry and all. I like you so much. Will you go to a Firebirds game with me and dinner? Fear knotted in Caleb's stomach. Yeah, he said. I guess so. Cassidy went back inside with Lauren. They were already joking, and why shouldn't they? Nothing really bad had happened. Hey, man. Juniper walked up next to him. She scratched at her budding antlers with one hand. It looked painful. I know that was important to you. It could have been a cool moment, even if I didn't really understand how it was going to work. Was Graeming going to date Milford, and then the two of you would have to date because your characters were? I, I, I didn't quite get it. Caleb sighed. It's easy for you to talk to people. You just say whatever's on your mind, and it comes out. But me, there's so much in my head and, and in my heart, and when I talk, most of it doesn't come out. My voice isn't big enough for everything that's inside me. But Greywings was. When I was him, I could say anything. I know who I am. If I had a character sheet, my charisma would be ten. Eleven, maybe. He had that stat on hand because he'd worked out all his stats before. Strength nine, dexterity twelve, constitution ten. The physical stats were never his best. Intelligence was his best at sixteen. Wisdom at fourteen, if he was being generous. Charisma, eleven. It was what made you good at talking to people. It was what made people like you. Greywing had had a charisma of seventeen. Everyone liked Greywing. Juniper flicked her tail a few times. Hey, you know what I like about games? Caleb could guess where this was going. That they're not real? And I should just get over it? Kind of, I guess. She rubbed at her chin. I was thinking more about what they're for. Like when you're a kid and you run around playing, it's never just play, right? You're a bobcat. You must have, you know, when you were a kitten, done the stalking thing and running real fast around the house, driving your mom crazy, climbing up walls or trees. Yeah, I guess. Every kid does that stuff, not just bobcats. Right, right. But it's all hunting stuff, too. Like, if we all lived in the wild, you'd have to go hunt prey as an adult bobcat to eat and do stuff to survive and find a mate and whatever. Okay. He wasn't exactly comfortable with the mate talk. Look, the point is, it's practice, right? You're learning how to do all the stuff you've got to do as an adult in a way that's safe. Games are the same, I think. A way to try all the stuff you're going to have to do in life before it's real. That's what they're for, right? Caleb folded his arms. Some games, maybe. Sports, for sure. I can see how you learn pack behavior and improve your strength and dexterity. Yeah, it's practice in a way that's safe, to help get you ready for the real thing, yeah? Juniper gave him a pat on the back. These guys have a monster to kill and a friend to avenge. I better get back to them. Let me know who you want to be next, okay? Caleb watched her head inside. He wasn't dumb. He saw what she was getting at. But role-playing wasn't practice for anything. It was just make-believe. He wished he could just be as confident and unafraid as the griffin. 
It hadn't been that way at first, of course. His first few sessions he hadn't really known the character, hadn't been able to play him well. After a while of walking around in Greywing's skin, though, he'd learned, and it'd become easier. He walked up to the glass door of Juniper's patio and looked inside. Cassidy saw him and gave him a cheerful wave. Caleb waved back, his mind stuck on a point that he couldn't quite pull free of. He'd learned how to be Greywing a little. He'd played and he'd learned, he'd practiced. He hadn't behaved very likably just now, but no one liked to lose a character. But everything he'd practiced didn't go away just because there was a piece of paper in the ground with some dirt on it, did it? Mentally, he pulled up his character sheet, the one with all his real-life stats. Charisma 11. But he'd been working on it. Playing had to be worth something. He opened the patio door. Cassidy sat at the table, engaged in the game. It was a terrible moment for this, and Cassidy could laugh at him. He could give him a kind, pitying look and say he could never think of Caleb that way. There were lots of reasons to fear. Caleb mentally nodded at that fear, acknowledging that it was there. Then he stepped past it. He felt for a moment the weight and strength of huge eagle wings on his back, shining with glory. He gave Cassidy a smile as wide as the world. This was Eagle Splendor by Ryan Campbell, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog. <laughs>